Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to continue this series, The Emperor Has No Clothes, and talk about Jason Bateman. Now, I do want to preface this, because I don't think Bateman has no talent. What I mean in a lot of these Emperor Has No Clothes, and this might be the 10th or so, is that they have limited range. I don't think anybody who can be in the business for a long time can be in the business and have absolutely no talent. I mean, at the least, and this is a very kind of reductionist view of acting, is they have a good memory where they can memorize lines and then regurgitate them out when it says when they say action. So anyone who can have as long of a career as Jason Bateman, who's been around for 40 years, do have talent. And if he's in the right vehicle, I think it does events and demonstrate his limited range. But overall, I would say that he doesn't really have a lot of range at all. Now, one thing we can say about Bateman is his boy hustles. This boy has been around forever. I mean, look, I'm in my 40s. I remember him on Silver Spoons. He played, and that's the Ricky Schroeder vehicle where Ricky Schroeder, I believe he's adopted, right, by the rich, oh no, he finds his dad or his mom dies, he's got to move in with his dad and his dad is, you think about it now, his dad is like the stunted man-child that we saw later on really go to full bloom in the 90s and early knots with with Ray Romano and Homer Simpson and, and all these guys, but he plays like a man-child who's very rich and he goes and lives with him and... Jason Bateman is the kind of best friend of Ricky Schroeder called Derek Taylor. And he is like the mischievous troublemaker. That's when I remember him because I watched Silver Spoons and I must have been like eight years old when that show was on. But before that, or kind of contemporaneous with that, he was on Little House on the Prairie. If you remember the old Michael Landon a television show based on uh, Ingalls. I can't remember. Laura, Laura Ingalls, right? The novel. So he was on that. That's where he got his break. Then he's on Silver Spoons. Then after Silver Spoons, he is on his own show, and I do remember watching this one called It's Your Move. And this is in 1984. It only lasted a season. He essentially, his mom marries a new guy, and he's trying to break them up, essentially. <laughs> so I remember that show. It, 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 God, I mean, it throws me back to 80s television, how much better it was, too. So as he's getting older, he kind of goes through a desert period. And really, I would say he has some cameos here and there. And to be fair, like when he's on these, these early television shows, he's like 12, 13, 14, because uh, he's 58 right now. He's born in 69. So really, he's just kind of what we would say in the desert to a certain extent. He is in Teen Wolf 2. He has the lead on that as Todd Howard. So that's kind of a big break because he is opening a movie. He replaces Michael J. Fox in the Teen Wolf franchise. Then this is around a year after he gets on the TV show Valerie. Now Valerie was a big show. This had this had Valerie Harper as the lead. This show went on for 15 years and it kept changing the name of it because it wasn't like Hogan's family. Somebody died, I think maybe she died. And so they had to rename it 
But he was, I, I believe if I'm mistaken, because I didn't watch it, so it was the eldest brother of the Hogan family. But he did that until 91. So at this point, he's in his low 20s. And he's admitted in interviews that he dealt with alcohol and drugs in his 90s. And he doesn't really have any success in the 90s at all, especially in the early 90s. He eventually gets on a show called Simon in 1995, which runs for a season. This is back in the world of the pilots, right? And then he's on a, a show called George and Leo for a season. And this is a Newhart vehicle, Bob Newhart, and that is canceled. And then eventually he gets the big break, which is Arrested Development. Now, Arrested Development starts in 2003 and has been on and off. I mean, they, they keep doing kind of these reunion things on Netflix, but the peak of Arrested Development is the first, I don't know, two, three years. And Arrested Development is is ahead of its time on so many ways. It's just the, the camera work on it, the dialogue, the ensemble is insanely talented. It is rightfully one of the best comedies of all time. And when the show was on, a lot of people didn't get it. The ratings weren't the best because... It was a new type of comedy and people just didn't understand. They saw the brilliance of the comedy, but the ratings weren't the best. And you could say this for a lot of shows that that maybe were ahead of their time. Like look at Seinfeld. Seinfeld's first few seasons, they were very low ratings and then caught on fire. But he's the lead. He plays Michael Bluth and his family are essentially discredited. He's got the quirky eccentric brothers. <laughs> he's got and he I mean, just yeah, the show is just just amazingly talented if you look at the people that were involved in it. And it was a great show, you know, like with all shows, especially the first few seasons. So getting on Arrested Development, he's at this point about 30 years old. And he's already like kind of demonstrating the, I would say, the Bateman. And the Bateman is, he is the straight guy. He's the mild-mannered straight guy in everything. And I don't mean like gay straight i mean he's the straight man he's not necessarily needed to be the funny one he plays the the lead and the lead is typically the one who's got to push the exposition and just kind of be our avatar into this world and then you surround them with the, the cuckoo for cocoa puff side cast so at this point he starts getting more work and again the guy is doing a lot of work i mean the boy hustles so he's in the sweetest thing, which is the Cameron Diaz vehicle, early around in Arrested Development, 2006. He gets in the breakup, which is the Anderson Vince Vaughn vehicle. He does Smoking Aces in 2006 as well. He does The Kingdom in 2007, which is a Middle Eastern U.S. government thing. He's in Juno. I believe he is opposite um, Jennifer Garner as the, the couple that's going to adopt the baby. He is in Mr. McGoring's Wonder Emporium. He is in Hancock. He's got a big role in Hancock. He is in Tropic Thunder, but very small role there. And then State of Play. He's got the lead in Extract. That's the one that he runs a company that does flavor enhancers like Extract. It's got, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Mila Kunis. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is... The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. And then really he's kind of entering his imperial period. And he does Up in the Air. He does a side role in the Clooney movie there. The Adventure of Lying. That's the Ricky Gervais, Jennifer Garner movie. He's in that as well. Couples Retreat. He's one of the bigger roles. That's the Vince Vaughn. I suppose it's, I don't know. I guess it's the Vince Vaughn vehicle, but it's three couples. And he is paired up with uh, Kristen Bell. They kind of play the uptight couple. And uh, they have to go on a couple's retreat. The, the movie, the first half, I think, is good. It's got promise. And then the second half of the movie kind of falters. Then he's in the movie The Switch with Aniston again. And that's when they get the, this her sperm, this sperm mix up. And then he ends up fathering a child he didn't know he had. And then again, this is, this is probably his peak run from like the late nods to the early teens. He does Horrible Bosses, which is a great movie. That's the ensemble movie with... Uh, Sudeikis and then Aniston and Kevin Spacey before he's canceled as, as one of the, the two of the bosses. He's great in that. Then he's in Identity Thief with Melissa McCarthy. I'm a big fan of that movie. He does Bad Words in 2013 as well. Horrible Bosses 2 in 2014. And then he does just Central Intelligence 2016. Office Christmas Party in 2016. That movie kind of tanked. That was more ensemble. He is in Game Night, and Game Night is one of my favorite movies of, of recent time. I, I believe we did a Movies I Love on that one, and he's great in that as well. And then around this time, he starts Ozark, and Ozark is on Netflix. That is a drama that runs for about five seasons, and he wins awards for his performance there, and so does, uh, I believe, Laura Linney as well. And that show is very well regarded. If you're not familiar with that show, he's essentially a financial planner who's got to move to, I believe it's Missouri in those arts, to money launder, uh, even though he doesn't want to, to appease a, a drug boss. But uh, it, it's a well-regarded show, and he does a good job at it, and, and it's well-acted. The, the entire show is well-casted, and, th- and that's the credit to Bateman in that regard. So he does that till 2022. He does Air, which we've talked about previously. I was disappointed in that movie, uh, and that came out in this year. And he's got some stuff coming up some stuff that's in post-production he has a movie called carry on a mysterious traveler blackmailed ethan kopik a young tsa agent to let a dangerous package slip through security and onto a christmas day flight that's coming out he's already doing that and well, what can i say about bateman i think bateman is a more talented version of paul rudd they're both similar in that they both kind of have this I would say Middle America, because Paul Rudd is Middle America. Bateman's from New York. But Bateman, I think, is just a, a, like a, a, a better-looking, better-acting Paul Rudd. 
but they do play in some ways the same characters. They kind of, Bateman is, like I said, a, a man that I think gets a lot of work, partly because you can tell he's an intelligent guy, that he's got work ethic. I mean, he's been in the industry since he was essentially 10 years old. I'm sure he was probably doing commercials before that. But he's been in the industry for quite some time. His sister, of course, was Mallory in Family Ties, Justine Bateman. And uh, I'm sure he's got an indefatigable work ethic because there's really no time in the last 40 years where he's not working. And yes, his peak was, like I mentioned, late nods, early early teens, but really the 2010s were good, especially if you throw in Ozark at the end. And he, he rarely ever has the lead in movies, but he picks good roles and that he's in very good ensembles, like, of course, Arrested Development and Ozark, where he is the leads, but he surrounds himself with very good talent. And then you look at other movies and comedies where he is part of an ensemble. So he's not necessarily required to deliver box office opening numbers because he puts himself in great ensembles like Game Night and Horrible Bosses and so forth. And like when he does have to open a movie like Extract where he's essentially, that's not necessarily his, his best work. He does do some directorial stuff. He direct, he directed the black comedy Bad Words in 2013, which I think is, is good. And he's done some other stuff. Uh, but look, I just think he's very limited in his range. Clearly, he can't do the British accent or any foreign accents. But what he does, he's good at. He, he can deliver some gravitas in his roles. And this is something I talked about in Air when I said Bateman's in Air. He's probably like the third lead. Maybe the fourth lead after Viola Davis. And he he does Bateman. He does Bateman. And, and, and when I say he does Bateman, I don't mean that in a pejorative way. He does Bateman. Bateman is pretty much the same in every movie. And you, you could call him a character actor or whatnot. But he is good at what he can do. But he lacks a lot of range. Now, in his personal life, he has a personal life. is the, the kind of type that I like when I talk about on Sexy Saturdays. In that he's been with the same woman for quite some time. He married the daughter of Paul Anka, the uh, the old singer uh, Amanda, and they got married way back in two thousand one, and they've been together since then. They have two daughters, and that's great. So look, I think the man has limited range, but what he does well, he does well, and I think uh, for that that should give him credit and it's good that to see him get some awards for doing Ozark because that's a well-made show and he 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 was an executive producer on that show and it's great to see that show get logged all right guys post rate review spotify or apple spotify now allows you to post comments in each episode so post a comment in this episode if you agree disagree with me about Bateman. i thought rate and review because it helps with the algorithm to grow the channel there's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal, and the other one is a link to the website which hosts all the Eclipse Gregorio feeds. But the best way to check these out is on Apple and Spotify. Until next time, take care, God bless, and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.